Hi and hello and welcome to another episode of the Somerset Sky Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Fogler, Assistant Principal, and I'm joined by Athletic Director, Extraordinaire Teacher, Charles Mosier. How are you doing today, sir? Good. I don't know if I have your presentation voice, man, but I'm very excited to be here. That no. was like legit, man. Well, I so I walk around the lunchroom, just so you can get understanding of what happens here. I'm walking around the lunchroom and I just ask students and there's a lot of teachers' names that pop up, but I cannot tell you how many students were like, you have to talk to Mr. Mosier. You've got to talk to him about what's going on in his class. So like before we get about the athletics, because we're going to hit that one, let's just talk about like your class. Like t- tell me about it. Oh, kind of to give you some background, it's kind of, it sounds really corny to say this, but it's kind of a dream come true to me to be able to teach this. So there was a time in my life, once upon a time that I thought I was put on this earth to be a police officer. So I got into criminal justice because I had a neighbor that I was very close to that said, hey, if you're going to do it, and by the way, he was this really cool, like canine detective that turned sergeant. And he was like, if I could do it all over again, I would get my degree first. And he says, um, when you do that, you're going to have so many more advancement opportunities because I promise you'll start out as an officer. But then there's going to be so many other things that you're going to want to get into. And the more experience you have or the more um, things that you have that makes you look like, uh, you know, you stand out, it's going to help. And that degree is one of them. So I listened to it. It kind of stopped me from trying to be the officer for a while, completed my degree. I'll do very long story short here. Um, 500 people went out to be an officer. Six months of that later, they took three and I was one of those three. So it was really cool, but let's fast forward it again. And obviously I'm no longer an officer, but I am now a teacher. I never really thought that once I kind of abandoned ship on those ideas, because at the time, all the cool stuff that you see in crime TV shows and movies and stuff right now with the forensics and the DNA and the technology didn't really exist. That is something that when you stop and think about it, it's kind of crazy to know that smartphones have only really been around for about 15-ish years. So technology grows so fast, and this has absolutely been the case with criminal justice too. All the really neat TV show ideas and forensics and let's get this little bone and find out all the cool things we can from it, that's not been around very long and it wasn't around when I was back in school. So you got this degree to be an officer or an attorney. I went my routes, um, had to decide against it. Again, that's a long story short for a later time. We got many more podcasts we can do. For but, sure. Um, What was cool, though, is that as I moved on, I never really thought I was going to get a chance to come back to criminal justice. And I loved it dearly, loved the schooling, loved the teachers, loved the topics. And here I am. And it's all started with I was doing teaching and training. I was the old Morley. I was the uh, the male. I was the male Miss Morley, if you will. And um, they were asking for electives. And I just at that moment was like, I think criminal justice would be amazing as an elective. I would have sure liked to have taken it when I was in high school. And so I went and I talked to, to Lee and Wagner and they were on board right away and, and here it is. So getting an opportunity to teach this is awesome. Um, what makes it so fun is A, you know what it is without knowing what it is. And so I like to tell them this too. Like this is one of my first things that I talk about. Like, all right, let's talk about it. What is criminal justice? So I ask you that like right now. What what do you think criminal justice is? Uh, so I mean I think the words just go there. Like if something happens, like a crime is taking place, what is going to be the justice that takes place with that crime? So if the crime is somebody, uh, you know, 
breaks and steals something from somebody's house and they're caught, like what is the justice system going to do to rehabilitate that person, to punish that person, the whole spectrum? Am I close? You're looking at me. No. I'm, I'm looking at that look. I'm like, no. I'm getting the correct answer. I got the teacher here. Let me break it down. Um, so that's a good answer. Um, it's it's pretty. It's it's everything that's going to happen once a person, once a bad person does a bad thing. Everything that happens past that, up to and including going to a correctional facility. You're talking about rehabilitation, but the long and short of it is, a bad person does a bad thing. They're going to get arrested. They're innocent till proven guilty. What does that look like in the court system? If they are found guilty by a jury of their peers, they're going to go into a correctional um, situation at some time in some way. We do want to rehabilitate them. We do want them to reenter society back one day and become what you call a normal person. Anyone who has my class knows that you would not call me normal. But what does normal look to everybody, right? I don't think I'm normal either. So, so. it's kind of a fun thing. Like the first things first is like you know what it is. And, and most people that I ask don't even have a touch of that answer. But you know that it's interesting. It's interesting to you. Like everybody likes a good crime thing. Everybody likes a good documentary. And what it comes down to is it's drama. And hate it or not or telling me you hate it or not, we're all secretly addicted to drama. When someone's having a bad day and they got tears in their eyes, you automatically want to know why. When someone's like, oh, my God, they're in trouble, you – I promise I won't tell anybody you want to know why. And and then what's the first thing you do? You go tell somebody, right, because no one can keep a secret. But you – it's real-life drama. It's real-life consequences. What happens um, – that theft is very real when it gets even deeper than that. And I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of light and there's a lot of dark to it. It can be somebody that accidentally gets caught up in this really weird circumstance where theft is what they call that they did, but not necessarily down to what's deep and what's serious. I mean, some people are out there stealing because that's how they can provide. That's the only way they can. Um, some people are out there and they're committing crimes because they have an addiction that's beyond them. They're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to really interesting things sometimes. Spray paint, computer spray board cleaner. Like they're doing these things because something's got a hold on them and they can't control themselves. So what do we do with someone like that in society? And to give you like a teaser, the answer cannot be let's just lock everybody up and forget about them. And it's not. And there's a lot of theories and things that we get into in criminal justice on why do we as a society arrest? Why do we convict? Why do we imprison? It makes no sense. And just as a teaser right now for you guys, think about if I send somebody to jail for 20 years, which by the way, would be called prison, but we're not going to split hairs. I send somebody or we sentence somebody to prison for 20 years. Do we expect them after 20 years of being in this gigantic steel and metal building, after 20 years, do we expect them to come back out and just be normal functioning people of society? Well, in your mind, hopefully you're going, oh, no, because we can't. I mean, that's not what's going to happen. If we put somebody in a way in this different world with its own rules, and it's very interesting to learn about prison life because – all the things you see in movies and TV shows absolutely happen in prison, but not for the reasons you think they do, not necessarily in the places you think they do, and even sometimes worse. But it's interesting. It's its own world. They call it prisonization. It is its own world with its own rules. And people go there for 20 years, and then all of a sudden we just flip a switch and say, okay, bad guy, okay, bad lady, now you can go back to civilization, plug right back in, and good luck to you. 
well, it's absolutely not going to work and it's not going to do it that way. And that's why we don't do it that way. So you use the cool word of rehabilitation. Um, that's, that's one of the main theories of why we do what we do. And um, it's a very interesting thing to think about. And it gets deep because everyone who's had my class knows that I'll use this answer quite a bit. Well, it depends. Because what we learn is every teeny tiny little detail that's there is matters. And more importantly, everything that is not there can sometimes matter more. So it's this really intricate spider web that each little ring you go on has its own different challenges. And this particular thing does that particular thing. And it, it's just a fun topic that gets you thinking and it's real. And what I'm telling everybody in my classes, because I honest to goodness believe it, is that you guys listening on this podcast and the people in the classroom, you're going to be the fix to our next set of problems that come through in life. And criminal justice in our country is a pretty new creature overall. It has not been around for thousands of years, especially our prison system. Our prison system is 200-year-ish old. That's not even really that old. And the big scheme of things on how developed we are overall as a country and how it started was never to keep people in there and lock them up. But most of you know that our prison systems are overcrowded, true. Um, They were never designed to hold the people that we have being held today, the quantities, the numbers, and the types. And so it's at a breaking point big time where different things have to be happening. So truly, you listening on this podcast, the people who are in this room, the people in this building are going to be the people tasked to fix some of these problems. And it's neat because you guys are a completely different generation than how me and Fogler grew up. Like, this is fun. Like, it's just neat. You have had a piece of technology stuffed in your face since day one. What that has done and how it's made you guys think. And it's fun to watch how you respond to certain situations and just – you're analytical, but at the same time too, you're very quick. Like there's just things that you pick up very quickly in your communication methods. Like it's a different way of thinking that is going to be the change. And the only sad fault of that is that old timers aren't necessarily receptive to new timers and change. Change sucks for everybody. I mean, let's be honest. It feels like ripping off that bandaid, right? But change has to happen in so many of these areas and you guys listening are going to be that. So a very long-winded answer. There's a lot we cover. Um, we've been going over the different steps. Like if you did a bad thing today, let's say you committed a crime, what does that look like beginning to end? It starts off obviously with you committing the crime and it ends up with you one day getting out of prison. It's called reentry. I'm going through all of that because I really want to, honestly, I want to right a wrong that I didn't do early enough last year. I want the foundation to be developed up front. I want you to know when we're talking about prison, what are all the steps that happened before it? When we're talking about the um, first appearance in court, what is it? Why does it matter? It sounds like a boring word. There's so many things that go on in all of these phases. And it's cool to look around the room and see people that want to learn it. And you probably heard I'm arguably certifiably crazy. I like to do weird things. I like to make sure you're paying attention. And I really like to bring projects and ideas out that I would want to do because this topic to me needs that. It's so exciting. I'm very passionate about it. I wish that some options were there back in the day, but I can't say that because if they were, then maybe I wouldn't be here today. So my job and what's been really neat is I have seniors that are going into Cortez and talking and they wanted to know what I'm going to do in life. And I told them I want to be in criminal justice. And that is such a cool thing to know that that kind of spark has been ignited because 
You guys are going to be the change that helps make things different and better for us. And change does not happen all at once, but it happens little by little. So this class is fun because every single topic we get into could, honest to goodness, be its own two-year class where you do nothing but that one thing. So the challenge to me has been taking this to make this big, gigantic, beautiful steak into little small bite-sized pieces that you can one by one take in and digest. And then going to criminal justice too, going in deeper. Now we're talking about the recipe of that steak or whatever weird analogy I'm working on here. But it's been fun because you get to dive in and talk about all the things that, that make the topic exciting, including pretty soon we're going to be doing serial killer week in class. And one of my things I've really enjoyed is I am absolutely receptive to new ideas. So in my mind, last year they loved Serial Killer Week, but this year I'm thinking, hey, let's go a little extra. Let's bring some popcorn in. Let's actually make it a thing. And um, Peck and Paw, if you're listening, I'm going to shout you out because this was your idea. She says, Mosier, what if during Serial Killer Week we bring in cereal? I'm like, that's ingenious, man. So we can just do like a really silly like cereal potluck or something. And that just makes it more enjoyable. It's more memorable. And Serial Killer Week is intense. Like most people secretly want to learn Dahmer, Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. What did Charles Manson really do? And those aren't just like they're fun on a level where you don't know anything else about um, criminal justice. But they're particularly unique to us because – yeah, that 45-minute documentary you're going to watch, awesome, right? It's so juicy and so dramatic, and there are horrendous things that happened. But I like to really spin it into a way like, guys, police officers had to go find this person. It then had to go through the court process. Then how do you try to even rehabilitate somebody? How do you rehabilitate somebody that's going to die in prison? Like, what are you doing there with this particular personality type? Where did the malfunction happen? Because the other thing that's been amazing, the criminal psychology. How did Dahmer become Dahmer? How did Bundy become Bundy? And there's been some amazing crime TV shows that have called that stuff out. So it's been fun and I'm truly like in this candy store and then I'm just weird anyway. So I like to make it weird but informative and I really hope this stuff sticks. And then it's just – a long-winded answer to we do a lot we're talking about real it is very real in here and some days that's going to be depressing and some days that's going to be dark and some days when you're learning about that serial killer that how they tortured horribly tortured people for a game simply for a game to try to get away with it does not make you leaving this classroom feeling good but by learning about stuff like that it gives you an opportunity to hopefully prevent it in the future kind of a way we look at it so very long answer to your question folder we do a lot i try to bring it real i try to make it real i'm crazy the stuff that people talk about from last year all happened well i won't admit to all of it let's just say that way or protect <laughs> my job but um it's fun and we're gonna have funner this year too just anytime you get a chance to do something for round two it's just i get to write some wrongs and add some stuff that i have some time for so yeah i mean wh- one thing i'll say is that being in your classroom and how much I enjoy being in there, how engaging you are, but their students are so engaged. You have stories going on. You have connections. They have background stories in the classroom. Uh, Mr. Esplin was in here. He asked a question uh, from yours about um, if a body is dead and you shoot the body and it's already dead, like the legality behind that, then the kids are looking up the statutes. They're looking up the laws. 
I'm just so impressed by the class. Like, I enjoy it. I wish I was in your class. <laughs> I'm going to force my son into the class regardless of anything else because I feel like that, like that's the real life stuff that kids get engaged by. And you are creating, you know, you're, you're changing kids' lives. You're changing what they might want to do. And they're following in these footsteps of like, hey, so that's something that you should really be proud of. Well, I appreciate that. And what's neat, too, is I'm going to shout out all the students. Like, I continuously learn from them, too. And they know I involve them. Like, guys, I want to take this idea next level. Like, give me ideas. Um, I call her Lilja. That's not her name. Lily Wilcox gave me an idea last year. She was in my class. I'm not going to say what it is because it's going to be amazing and I'm super excited about it. But I'm going to – I asked the class. I was like, guys, here's what I wanted to do. We did something really cool last year with the Alec Baldwin trial and it was amazing. Um when it hit, because real life hits, you don't know when it comes on unexpectedly. And I thought as a teacher, this was what better an opportunity to teach people about court processes and the actual experience that you're going to have as a client or just as an attorney or something. So we just turned it into that. Like they were arguing attorneys. They had defensive teams and prosecutorial teams and we had a judge. And I mean, it was just really cool. And I got juries involved and stuff. But when that idea came in, it interrupted something at the time that I was pretty excited about. And it was a tough decision to make, but I was like, let's go. I think this is a great opportunity. Um, so at the end of the year, I was like, well, here's what I was going to do. And they were like, oh, that would have been pretty cool. I'm like, but help me take that next level because I, I wasn't quite sure how to bring it there or whatever else. And Lilja, I'm going to shout you out by nickname, Lily Wilcox gave me an idea that was just like, that's ingenious, man. So it's been fun. Now – Dina and Lisa, our wonderful hall monitors, come in and they're giving me kickback and feedback and ideas and nobody knows any everything. I, I firmly believe that. I know I can always improve. Um, in the middle of conversations, it's fun to bring this topic up because I really like to know that it's going to go its own place organically. So I don't want to force conversations. Like I will give you guys information and then I'm curious what your questions are going to be. And even today, um, we had a lot of really good stuff. Brandon Chavez asked me some questions today in first period. I was like, ooh, good questions. And that's the fun part of this. No matter how much you know, little teeny tiny things make a huge difference. And this is a unique thing. Every single crime is its own fingerprint. Every case, every crime, no two crimes are alike. So... It's funny because you always have people that want to come up to you and go, dude, so here's the deal. This one guy died and this one guy died like on a Tuesday. Is that is that murder? <laughs> There's no way you can answer that because you need to know all the surrounding facts and circumstances and stuff. So to me, what's fun is that I like to like hopefully create enough interest where it gets you thinking in your brain and then you want to start firing questions at me. And I love what ifs and what about and OK, we'll check this out. And we get weird. We get silly and we talk about weird things. But it always ends up for the greater good because no matter how weird of a situation you can create, I promise you one weirder is out there in case law where you actually had to decide to make a decision on it. So I appreciate the compliments. It's really cool, but I'll, I'll give that to the kids too. Like if the students weren't engaged, if the students weren't participating, if they weren't throwing what ifs and giving me ideas. And I know sometimes a teacher wants to control, right? But some of the coolest things I've ever seen as an educator is when I let go of that control and let you guys help me help you make it better. And so I'm getting amazing questions so far. And like even something as boring as like a Google slide today was amazing. And I try my best not ever to bring Google slides into the classroom and the kids all know that. 
but just sometimes it's it's the best way to give you guys a really good um, place to sink your teeth into. So compliments aside, man, the kids have been amazing too. And and without them and without what this class has turned into, without you guys signing up, this wouldn't even be an option. So. All right. Well, that's awesome. So the last part of this podcast, we have to talk about sports, middle school. You're the athletic director, elementary, middle school. Tell us just a preview of some of the events, some things that are going on. What are you most excited about when it comes to sports? Anything like that? Uh, well, let's let's uh, let's all have a moment of silence and remember our extra special masks from last year. Thank you, goodness, we can embark in the journey of sports and not have to wear face masks. So rest in peace, face masks. Um, <laughs> starting off there is great. Um, the energy this year has been way different. Everyone trying out for a sport is excited. Last year it was this, I feel fearful. I don't know if this is safe for me to be doing. So the parents have been awesome. Um, the students have been super pumped up. So I think in addition to just the energy and not having that thing called COVID, I don't know if you guys know what COVID is. I don't know if you've read into that at all, but we all know that was like a stage two dumpster fire. Um, that's that's lightened up quite a bit, which is good. So we don't have those fear and clouds hanging over us. So a lot of excitement. But what I'm excited about is I got a lot of feedback last year from parents that more options, I'll just leave it at that, would be better. So we have this year, we have a total of 18 teams that have been opened up now and available to um, K through eight. So when I first got here, somewhere around four-ish teams, I think existed. I don't don't know the exact number. Um, Then after I had an opportunity to kind of jump, that's been amazing to see lots of positive energy and just silly, weird jokes between me and all the kiddos and our coaches are, are pumped up to be here. Coach Bree Beerstead has is, is been in charge of uh, all of elementary tier, and she's done an amazing job at getting coaches that are going to be there that are there for the kiddos. And um, it's just been a great staff. The energy, a lot of positivity, a lot of growth, a lot of options. So this is going to be the first weekend where all the games and stuff kick off. So I'm excited to see about the stories and stuff that come from it. I'm excited too. And and to finish this podcast, I just want to – I know we talked about this before we started recording, but – so we obviously, you know, you have to be a guest again because you're so sought after Hi. and we're going to bring a student in and then we're going to talk about some of these crazy stories because I'm telling you, you said you have the kids. They get excited about questions. I still have that question. If you shoot somebody that they're already dead, like, is that a crime? I want the answer. I'm going to have to look that up. Kids listening at home, you guys can look this up. You can come find me or Mr. Mosier um, around and give us the answers to this. So any last words you want to say before we finish this podcast? I do. I'm going to keep you on edge a little bit. Our next guest speaker, you, you maybe you know him, maybe you don't. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. But he is, he is a brilliant mind without you knowing he has a brilliant mind. And so it's going to be fun to have him in here talking about stuff because – he oddly knows more about serial killers than he should. So I don't know if that's a red flag or not. I'll let you investigate that there, dean of students. But um, he'll be fun. But I'm going to throw a challenge out there too. Okay. You care if I challenge some no, people? No, let's challenge him. Let's challenge away. Criminal justice word. Mayhem. You've heard of mayhem, maybe. Maybe you know kind of what it means. I want people to find out what the definition of mayhem is. And I'm not going to lie to you. The idea of it's not pretty. The idea of it's not like, oh, that makes me feel good. If it makes you feel good, you scare me. Congratulations. But I want anyone that can give me the definition of mayhem 
and brings it to me. If you know anything about my class, I've got – I don't know if I should be admitting this. I <laughs> might have sugary substances in here that you would want to consume. We might be looking at them right Maybe, now. Maybe, <laughs> quite possibly. If anyone brings to me the definition of mayhem, I will hook you up with a little bit of sugar and it will give you a small little taste of some of the weird stuff that we talk about in here. So awesome. you've been challenged, Skypoint. Don't let me down. All right. Well, thank you guys again. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Fogler.